You're listening to the Dibbly Dobbly Podcast. Remember to like, share, comment, subscribe, and click the bell to make sure you get the latest episodes of the podcast. Be sure to like and share our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, we, we finally move on to our next topic. Jihan, yeah. it felt like an eternity just speaking about the transition phase, but it's a long, <laughs> long, long thing, isn't it? It's a long, yeah. lots to talk about there. So let's talk about Australia's chances in the World Cup this year uh, for the 50-over World Cup in India, which is not far away. It's uh, next month, October, November, and then the T20 World Cup in the USA, Caribbean. I know that's yeah. a little bit far off, but we can we can talk about that and talk about um, both of these World Cups, Jihan. Let's start with the World Cup. In India, um, Australia's provisional World Cup squad is a pretty good squad. You would agree, Jihan. It's not the official squad, but it, it could be cut down after this series against South Africa re- um, ha- happening now, and then the three-game yep. series against India before the World Cup. The squad yep. will be finalised, and it will be the fifteen. So, you would agree, Jihan? It's a typical yeah. Australian World Cup squad. Yeah, I did have a brief look at it. I'm just going to put it up in front of me now. Um, the, I think it, it's a good blend of experienced players um, as well as new players coming through. Um, you know, so you've got your Mitchell Starks, David Warner, Steve Smith. They're going to be key key players yeah. uh, in the World Cup itself. Uh, Glenn Maxwell, obviously very experienced. Um, let's have a look here. And then who else? They've got... So Aaron Hardy, is he in the squad? Aaron Hardy's in the provisional yeah. squad along with Tanvir yeah. Sanga. Yeah. So, got Nathan Ellis and Green. Yep. Abbott, yep. so, Ashton Agar, Carey, Inglis, Head, Marsh, Hazelwood, uh, yeah. Smith and Warner and Zampa and Stortners. Yeah. So it's a very good side, actually. It's mm. a very good squad. Um, and it's good to see that they've selected some, some new players coming through as well, like uh, uh, yeah, Hardy. Yeah, Sanger and Hardy Ellis. in particular, yeah. Cameron Green hasn't played a lot of ODIs. Um, who else? Inglis. Yeah. And Sean Abbott's been in the side for a while now. Uh, so he's got a little bit more experience than those other guys. Mm. But yeah, it looks to be a very good squad. Um, when you're going to the subcontinent, obviously you need good spinners. So Tanvir Sanger and Adam Zampa, uh, both good leg spinners. Yeah. In limited overs cricket, Glenn Maxwell will be able to uh, fill yeah, in. you got Glenn Maxwell, and you've also got Travis here who can bowl some spin. And even Steve yeah, Smith Travis didn't need it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's a very good squad, actually. How many, how many of the... How many were selected? One, two. It's 18, I think. 18. So that will be need to be cut down to yeah. 15. So it's only the provisional squad at this stage Yeah. Um, that they've selected. You would think... Yeah. You know, majority of the squad would be kept, and you would think a few places uh, will be contested in, in terms of who makes it. But you would mm. think whoever does well in South Africa, Hardy and Sanger, um, also uh, in the squad in South Africa, you've got most of the World Cup squad, but you haven't got the usuals like Cummins, Smith, and Maxwell, and Stark, and Hazelwood. Yep. Um, so oh, sorry, Hazelwood is in the World he's, Cup he's, squad. Uh, sorry, in the a... one day squad in South Africa. Sorry, yeah. uh, Marnus Labashain's come back after he was dropped originally. Mm. He's back, he's wanting to point a prove a, a point. point. Mm. Yeah, 
because uh, Smith is out. That's why he's back. Um, so yeah, so whoever does well in this series against South Africa, but also the three games in India, yeah, I would think will make the squad. Mm. But looking at the provisional squad, it's a pretty good squad anyway, and I think it's yep. the last chance to loon for some of them in terms of winning a World Cup, like Smith, yeah. Stark, yeah. Stark, Warner, yeah. and Maxwell. Um, maybe Hazelwood as well in that list, and Pat Cummins. He, he'll probably play the next one in 2027, you would think. Yeah. But uh, for those other names I mentioned, it's probably the last time they'll have to win a World Cup. Yeah. And um, um, yeah, sorry, go on. No, I was going to say Mitchell Stark um, was the leading wicket taker at the 2015 and the 2019 World Cup. Yes, he was. So, um, so they didn't, didn't quite win the World Cup uh, in 2019, but uh, yeah, he's going to be he's going to be a key player. Um, I, th- he, I I think he's their best bowler in, in ODI cricket. Um, yes. Yeah. By far, I, I agree there. Yes. Uh, so it's uh, it, it is a final chance for a, a lot of these a lot of these players. Yes. Um... You know, you would think they should make it to the semi-finals. You think Australia? Yep. Yeah, I think they should. They should. Um, I thought they played really well in that uh, series in India. Um, yes, where they won two-one. Yeah, they won. They won two-one. The two victories were quite dominating victories. Um, yeah, and they, they just played really well as a team. Um, yeah, and they've actually been pretty successful in ODI cricket of late. The only reason we they don't have. Have talk about it or remember it is no one seems to talk about ODI cricket anymore. Really. Yeah, that's, um, that's the thing. Um, um, because of well, the they won that series against England at home last summer, uh, which yep. was a, a series that was after the T20 World Cup. But still, you know, they won that series 3-0. That, that was an absolute thumping, actually. <laughs> it was, 3-0. but England didn't play their best side. It was just after the T20 yeah. World Cup. so but They were all... Yeah, they retired uh, after the World Cup. Yeah, and <laughs> then I'm uh, just trying to think. Then they played Sri Lanka on that tour. They they lost. Uh, no, they won that series in Sri Lanka, that ODI series. Mm, that I was they, la- That was the year before, that was, wasn't it? That was last year. Yeah, they lo- They lost that three two they lost that three two sorry that was the they won the t20s they, they, they lost the, the ODI yeah. series yeah, yeah. sorry yeah but, yeah. yeah they lost that um yeah. they lost that series in pakistan as well yeah two one um in the best of three so yeah they yeah they lost the, that series fairly convincingly the sri lanka one was a lot closer yeah um but then since then um they beat zimbabwe two one at home they lost that last game i think against they won zimbabwe. against new zealand Whitewashed New Zealand 3 0. Whitewashed England, England 3 0. Yeah. And um, India. And then India 2 1. So they, they've been playing pretty, pretty yeah, well. They've been playing okay in, in one yeah. day cricket, uh, the yeah. Australian team. Uh, who do you think is going to make the final squad if you had to choose so, the final 15? So you want me to cull three from that squad? Yeah. Well, yeah, obviously, we'll. That's going to be a, a very difficult decision for the selectors. But uh, who do you think's going to make it? You think the core group of players would make it? I would say Cummins will. Yeah. Carey will. Um, 
So let's have a look. So I think looking at that, uh, so Commons, Abbott, Ago will play. You reckon, well, they'll take two wicket keepers, won't they? Yeah, they'll take Kieran uh, Inglis. You know, you need yeah. a backup keeper. Yeah. Travis Head uh, will open with Warner. Yeah. Uh, so you Green have and Harper in there. Samper, maybe the, probably Green will make it in over Hardy. Yeah, Green. Um, Max will play. Smith will play. Stark will play. Yeah. Marcus Stornis will. Or maybe play, even. Yeah, maybe Stornis will get in ahead of Green and Hardy. Um, you would think so. And then one more. Uh, Tamvia Sanger, will they really take two leg spinners? Maybe. Well, um, he's, if he does well in South Africa, then I think they may mm, consider that, I think. Yeah, it's kind of hard to... Uh... So I think if, if we're taking one wicketkeeper, I think Inglis gets in ahead of Carey. And, right. And then you'd have to pick... Oh, you'd have to pick one out of... Well... It's really hard, actually. Maybe. Yeah, it is hard. Um, well, you also got Nathan Ellis. He's a yeah, pretty good Nathan, bowler. He's a good bowler as well. So, yeah, yeah. I, I, I can't, I can't make. The no, I, I can't decide either. So, well, you have to drop three because it's fifteen. So, yeah. But you would think the main core group of players will be in there, regardless. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's just out of you would think probably Sanger Hardy out of probably them maybe maybe Ellis Green probably yeah probably it out maybe for a spot yeah um, I think I, I don't think they'll consider bringing in or thinking about Labuschagne I, I think that boat's already sailed because he was yeah. dropped the first time yeah I I, I just think that Labuschagne hasn't quite got the tempo of uh, one. No, he, he hasn't. He's, his numbers are very similar in domestic and international mm. cricket when it comes to one-day cricket. So. Yeah. Well, if he was dropped originally, then I don't think he'll come back. Yeah. Um, you never know. But there is five games in South Africa and three in um, India, so that's yeah. a total of eight. eight before the World Cup. Mm. So a lot of the players in the provisional squad will have a chance of proving their case. So that's up to the selectors. Um, yeah. But it's a pretty good squad, nonetheless. Um, they should make it to the semifinals, Australia. Mm. Uh, as they always yeah, do uh, in World Cups, they always make the semifinals easily. I would expect say easily, it's never final. easy. But based on how the teams are going at the moment, you would think Australia... England, you would think. But they've been a bit patchy in one-day cricket lately under the new captain and coach. Yeah, I think the challenges would be uh, India, Pakistan, New Zealand maybe, England, maybe South Africa. Mm. I, think those, I think those would be the main challenges. Yeah, they, they um, would be. Well, you can't actually, just, yeah. it, It's interesting to see what happens in the Asia Cup that's going on at the moment. Um uh, so that's an ODI tournament this year. Um, Is it? I thought it was um, T20 still. 
No, no. So last time it was T20, this time it's no. ODI. Yeah. Um, Sri Lanka won it last time, but that was T20. Yeah, this is... Um, well, that'll be yeah. a good... That'll be a good test to see where they're at. Yeah. Um, all those um, subcontinent teams. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the World Cup next year. But, oh, sorry, not next year, next month. <laughs> next month. Um, I was thinking about the T20 World Cup, which we're going to talk about in a minute. But just to finish off about the World Cup, yeah, pretty good squad. You would think Australia should be in the semifinals with the squad. Um, yeah. Hopefully they do better um, than last time. As we know in that semi-final against England, they didn't really quite play well. Oh yeah, at Edge yeah. Bastion, and uh, Alex Carey got a got a ball to the jaw, oh. and he had to strap up his chin. Yeah, and he was sort of like the Michelin Man a little bit there, <laughs> like a like a mummy. Yeah. Um, yeah, and England obviously went through and played New Zealand, who uh, won against India in that two-day semi-final at Old Trafford because it rained. They had to bring in the reserve day, and, oh, yeah. and that was a pretty interesting semi-final. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, you would think that the confidence that they had early in the year and obviously going to play India in the first match of the World Cup as well, uh, you would think they should be confident in Australia to, to do well in this World Cup. As they always yeah. do, they've, they've won five World Cups. So. You can't discount them. I'd like to see them get through to the final. And uh, yeah, if they have a good day, then could win the whole thing. Well, hopefully, hopefully, um, it would be a pretty good trifecta if they can win the WTC, mm. retain the Ashes, and win the World Cup. It's a pretty good year, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So that's the um, that's the World Cup. Wait and see on that. But the T Twenty World Cup, Jihan. I know some people may not care about it, as we know about T Twenty cricket. We won't get into that. Um, obviously, but let's talk about it anyway because Australia didn't have a great home tournament last year. They didn't even qualify for the semifinals after they won in the UAE in 2021. So it was a disaster of a tournament. That's pretty much what it was. The squad that they've selected in South Africa currently is sort of an eye towards the future, but also mm. players who may feature in the World Cup next year in the USA and the Caribbean, yep. Jihan. Yep. Um, do you think well, obviously more teams in the World Cup next year because they've changed um, how the World Cup format is uh, for the T20 World Cup? But uh, you would think Australia would challenge and and be there thereabouts. Um, how do you rate Australia's chances for the next World Cup, uh, T20 World Cup next year, Jihan? Do you think they'll feature in the semis? Do you think they will not? Um, I think they definitely can if they pick the right squad. Um, that's what I would say. Uh, I would love to see them testing out all their young talent com that's be that's coming through, yeah. um, players that have been coming through the big bash. Um, out of all the experienced players, the only one I would probably take would be David Warner because he's a game changer and, and it would be his last tournament. He's indicated that he wants to play in it. Um, I would not pick any of Australia's test bowlers. I think we need to uh, use the T20 side and this tournament to um, have a look at young fast bowling talent coming through. And I've um, already done that. Um, Spencer Johnson's been selected. Yeah, so I, I was pr quite pleased about that. Um, so they've gone down that avenue. Um, and 
it would be a good experience for them because uh, it, it would be their first experience at international level. Um, so, you know, if they later on get into the ODI sides or test sides, it will be less of a be less daunting for them, uh, essentially. So I think it's good to, to, to be able to pick young players um, who are up and coming in the T20 squad. Um, yeah, and uh, in terms of other experienced players, I think probably Glenn Maxwell will go because, as, again, he's another game-changer. Uh, Stoinis, Mitchell Marsh. Um, and Tim David's another really good young player in T20. Um, so he should he should get picked. I think I think they'll have a good chance, really. Um, I I remember before the twenty twenty two tournament, they weren't doing particularly well, and I think they lost in Bangladesh and they lost in the West Indies. Um, yes, yeah, they did, uh, and they weren't having a great time of it. No. And then so I didn't really give them much of a chance. But then when I actually looked at the squad, I was going through it when it was released, I was thinking, actually, this is a pretty good team. <laughs> um, and they ended up winning. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I, I would like to see, as I said, um, them picking young younger players coming through the BBL. And in a funny way, they will kind of be more experienced at T20 than the more established players Yeah. who don't, who don't play a lot of the tournaments uh, around the world. Like Mitchell Stark hasn't played franchise cricket in nearly 10 years. Um Pat Cummins goes to the IPL, but he can't keep his place in the side um, mm. most, of the, most of the time. Uh, our most improved T20 bowler in the last few years has probably been Josh Hazelwood, but I think that's affected his his fitness and his test cricket. Yes. Um, but yeah, I, I, overall, I think that's what Australia should use T20 internationals for um, to get their younger Yes, I think be more specialist, yeah. as we talked about before. Have yeah. a different squad and don't have the. That's what they used to do in um, in one day cricket, where you just pick your test players. Yeah, yeah. Whereas in T Twenty cricket, they they sort of do that at the moment. The Australian team, but all teams do as well. But some players are suited to T Twenty cricket, and others aren't. You know. Yeah. You'll get the occasional player that can't quite make the step up from domestic mm. to to international. Yeah. Um, but I, in T Twenty, I think really there, I, I, there's probably only a few of those. Um, so I think they just need to be given their chance. Um, yeah, and overall, I think if they do that, I think Australia will have a great chance of going far in the tournament. I mean, it's always a little bit of a lottery. Um, that's just the nature of the the game itself. T, uh, T20. Um, I'd, I'd like to see them going through to the semi-finals and it would be great if they could go all the way and win it. Absolutely. Um, but we shall see in a year's time. Uh, that World Cup's not until... twenty. Yeah, in a year. Yeah. In a year's time, but um, in terms of where it's going to be staged, probably is it June, July, that period? August? Right about there? Yeah, in the summer, yeah. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what, what they do there in 2024. But obviously, yeah, um, they, 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 they will want to do better than they did last year, Australia, because it was a pretty disastrous tournament where they didn't qualify and missed out on net run rate, unfortunately. So we shall see how they do in the World Cup this year in India. 
and next year in the T20 World Cup. But, um, you know, Australia, always good in World Cups. They always feature in the business end of the tournament. So it won't be surprising if we see them there again. I, I care more about this ODI World Cup than the T20 one. Yes. If, 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 they, if they go to the T20 and don't do particularly well, but there's a few decent performances from the younger players, I'd be quite happy with that. Yeah, um, well, Australia's already won one already. So yeah. we've got that off our back. Yeah, um, if they get so through to the semis so- now, if they uh, get through to the semis or the final and end up losing, yeah. then yeah, it's, it's not okay. Really, not, not really a big deal for me. No, yeah. not really. It's, it's, it's just that, one of those that um, yeah, it's that reference point. Historically, World Cups yeah. have that. Yeah, so you would remember that as well as a Test series win or victory. Yeah, it's very hit, 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 it's very hit or miss, and anyone, any yeah. team can win on their day. Um, well, so. we, we, we saw that in this World Cup last last year. Uh, yeah. And uh, England went on to win it. Um, you know, T20 cricket's like that. It's whoever does well on the day, uh, you will get the result. But we shall see. Um, let's talk about Test cricket in Australia, Jihan, and talk about its popularity, whether or not it's still popular amongst yeah. fans. Um what are your thoughts on that, Jihan? Do you think it's still popular? Or do you think it's diminishing slightly? Uh, it may be diminishing slightly. I think you still get good crowds that go to the test matches, as well as um, good television viewership, uh, particularly particularly during the holiday period, so Christmas and, and New Year's. Um, I went to the... Perth test match at Optus against the West Indies last year and I wasn't expecting too many people to be there but there was, there was a reasonable crowd, it obviously wasn't yeah. full it probably wasn't even half full um, but I think it also depends on the team that's touring so if India are playing, if England are playing you're going to get four houses um, if the team is reasonably comp- um, uh, competitive then I uh, you are going to get fuller crowds and more viewership. Yep. Even teams like um, when Pakistan have toured, they've they've generally lost, but um, they've they've had their moments. They've played reasonably well. Other teams like uh, Sri Lanka tend to come and get um, hammered every time they come here. Um, who else? You could say the same about the West Indies. Um, so so when those teams come over, I don't think you're going to get quite the same crowd, crowds or interest. Um, but actually, that, that's more of an issue with test cricket itself rather than uh, yeah. an Australian issue. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, uh, it, I think it's in, in reasonable shape at the moment in terms of crowd, um, interest, interest levels. Yes, uh, well, it definitely is. You still get crowds to Boxing Day and Sydney, yeah. the New Year's test, and... Uh, and other parts of the country as well. Um, yeah, it's still in a good place. Um, oh, one thing I would say um, is I don't think there's as much interest in uh, test cricket that Australia pay overseas these days. Mm. Apart from the Ashes is probably an exception to that. And probably um, India. Yeah, yeah, maybe India. Do you think, do you, do you reckon when Australia were touring India that a lot of fans are watching that series? Probably, probably. Yeah. Um, because it's, <clears throat> excuse me, because it's um, probably the same 
as the ashes, you know, that rivalry. Yeah. But I get what, what you're saying there. Yeah. I never really thought about that, actually. Mm. Um, well, one thing I've noticed um, uh, since moving here is as, uh, as soon as as soon as as soon as it's winter, nobody talks about cricket or even mentions it. It's like it doesn't exist anymore. Not really, yeah, uh, because it's mainly football. It's AFL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if that was different twenty years ago, though, when Steve War's side were going around uh, the world and and hammering everyone. And, yeah, uh, probably, probably they talked about it a lot. But you know, you get it on the news. You know, yeah. during the sports section, the, the cricket will come up and. You know, Australia playing in South Africa at the moment and they had a good win, something like that. But yeah, I never thought about that till you mentioned that. Mm. Obviously for the Ashes, because it's the Ashes and many people would have stayed up late watching that. India, yeah. um, you would think, yeah, most most people would watch that series just to see how Australia would go. Maybe in other parts of the world, I'm not sure about. Um uh, yeah, but I don't really know what the numbers are for viewing figures, but also you got to remember that many people don't have pay TV, so they can't mm. watch overseas tours. So that's a factor. Yep. That's, yeah, that's definitely yeah. a factor. Yeah. yeah. So whereas if if you do, then you can watch it um, because it's not broadcasted on free to air TV. So that's a factor. That's definitely a factor there. Uh, I know for the Ashes, you could listen to ABC Radio because they had the Test Match special feed. Um, and obviously Channel 9 had the rights as well mm -hmm. uh, for free-to-air television. So if you have – and same with World Cups and T20 World Cups as well. Um, people don't have access to pay TV in that. But it is going to be on free-to-air TV, the World Cup, um, on Channel 9 next month but yeah test matches yeah overseas yeah people can't watch it they can't listen to it on radio or watch it mm. if they don't have pay tv so that's a really good point you raised there Jihan. um yeah. yeah so that's something that needs to try and fix itself in terms of that accessibility but uh yeah usually when australia tour overseas anyway you just glance on the scores and say oh, okay we did well there and stuff yeah. like that it's like this series in South Africa, really. It doesn't really mean much because it's a oh, T20 World Cup's not until next year, 50 over World Cup's not until next month. But it doesn't really have any bearing or it's not really any significance about it. Mm. Um, so people just don't worry about it. They just flick on and if the World Cup's on, then you take notice. Whereas in a bilateral series, you don't really take notice. Yeah. So that's the case with Australia touring overseas as well. But I think mainly England, India, I think people would take an interest in that. And if Australia toured New Zealand, for example, which they will next year, mm. maybe people have an interest in that. Yep. Um, it's the same yeah. in other parts of the world as well. Yeah, I mean, the New Zealand tour would have a similar time zone as well. Yeah, um, also you've got to factor in that as well. Uh, watching Creed in England is very difficult, mm. especially in the other parts of the state uh, of Australia. Not so much if you're from the West, uh, which is a little bit easier. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In terms of watching cricket overseas. Um, whereas in other parts of Australia, it's not really convenient. So, yeah, that's yeah. a very interesting point that you raised. Um, yeah, I think it, I think the interest is still reasonably healthy uh, in Test cricket in this country. Um, when South Africa came last year, they weren't 
really too competitive, but we still got good crowds for the matches. Yeah, we did. Um, and the interest was there, I thought. Yeah, it's certainly alive and well here, but in other parts of the world, it's a, a very difficult uh, sort of challenge for, for those other countries, which it hasn't really done well. But it's yeah. still in a good place. People still love their test cricket, and um, they they want uh, to watch it and, and see Australia win and, and do well. So it's in, it's in a good place, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, let's talk about domestic cricket, Jihan. Let's talk about... The domestic scene in Australia, domestic cricket, mainly about what can we do to make it better, really, in terms of mm. the system or the structure, how the uh, domestic seasons are scheduled, mainly, because that's been a talking point. So let's talk about that. What are your thoughts on that, Jihan? Do you think um, needs to be improved, the, the domestic structure as it is at the moment? Uh, firstly, I'd say... Um, it is a very difficult thing to do. Um, there are a number of tournaments and leagues that you need to be able to fit in over the course of the season. Um, it also needs to fit in and around um, the international season, so when Australia are playing. I think ideally, and this doesn't really, well, it hasn't really been happening in the last few years, but ideally I think the, she the Sheffield Shield should be going on during the test season. Um, because if Australian players, you know, get injured or start losing form and they need to select someone to come into the squad, they don't want to be watching Big Bash to see who's in form, which, yeah. is, which has kind of been the case in, in recent times. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think ideally you'd want the, sh the Shield running a uh, parallel to um, when the test matches are going on. Um the one-day tournament tends to be at the start of the domestic season, doesn't it? What's it called? The Marsh Cup? Yes. Um, tends to run uh, at a similar time than the Shield. Um, but then it does yeah. have a bit of a break, and then it goes on into the following year. So January, February, March. Yeah. It finishes. Yeah. yeah. So I think, so. so ideally, you'd want that to be going on during the ODI leg of the international season. Um, so you can pick a squad uh, from who's done well in the early part of that season, um, and then as the as the ODIs go on, if people get if players get injured, then you can pick from whoever's doing well uh, towards the end of that uh, towards the end of the Marsh Cup. Um, what else? Big Bash. Um, so for television ratings uh, and audiences and trying to attract crowds you want ideally for that to be going on during the holiday period uh, which means it's going to be at the, at the same time as when the test matches are going on which I, which I don't mind really um, yeah I mean I, I suppose that would be sort of the, the holiday period so to, Towards the end of December and and the New Year's period, yeah. yeah. Um, but then I say that, but then you're going to run into that same issue of trying to pick test players when the big bash is going on. Yeah. Uh, so maybe that can be for like a limited period, and then you can end the big bash later on. Um, I always remember the Australian summer generally divided into two, uh, and I'm talking about the international uh, international side of things. So. You have the test, uh, the test matches, 
and then you have the ODI ODI season, which back in the day generally used to be a Tri Nation se se series. Yes, we it did. Had, yeah, we haven't had one of those for a long time. Well, we haven't had um, one since uh, 2014 15 when India played Australia. Oh, and, yeah, that's right. And yeah. uh, England before the World yeah. Cup. Yeah. Yeah. And before that, it was 2011 12 against India and Sri Lanka. Yeah. So I, I used to look back at those fondly because you'd be really vested in the test matches that were going going on. And then at, at once they finish, you'd like to see what these guys can do in, in the one-day arena. Yeah, and that's right. The first, the first tri-series that I can remember was uh, during the Ashes season of 98-99, um, where Sri Lanka joined as the third side in the Colton, Colton United series. Oh. And that I don't know if you can remember about that one, but that was a pretty dramatic series. Yeah, so it was um, with Murley. Yeah, there was a lot yeah, going on. Adelaide, yeah. there, there was that game in Adelaide where they beat England, uh, oh. and there was that controversy uh, with Murley. Mahela Jar Wardner made his first hundred for Sri Lanka, ended up being a, a tight win for them. Um, I remember Adam Gilchrist scoring two hundreds against Sri Lanka. Um, uh, 150 odd at, at the MCG. I remember that quite, quite, quite well. Um, so, yeah, I used to get excited about that that part of the summer. Doesn't really happen these days, though. Yeah, uh, and I think it's because the schedule just gets we're just getting a little bit too obsessed with T T20 internationals. Um, like for me, it's fine. You can have the IPL. You can have these leagues all around the world. That's fine. They they generate. Uh, income um and overall they probably are good for the game but you know as mike howard was saying in that interview uh the other day um how much of these games do you actually remember <laughs> i can, yeah, I can right. barely barely remember any t20 internationals i remember sri lanka were here a couple of years ago and there was a five match series i think australia won four one yeah, uh, and there was a super over, I think, in one of those games. Yeah, it was uh, in the second one in Sydney. Yeah, yeah, and I remember Steve Smith getting a concussion, diving for a catch at the boundary. Yeah. That's that's yeah. all I remember about that series. Whereas I can recall ODIs from twenty twenty five years ago. Yeah. Um. So I would actually like that to come back the the tri series. Uh, I think T Twenty internationals. Um. Sorry, I'm veering a little bit away from domestic cricket here, but I think it all ties in. Yeah. Um, I, I think T20 internationals have to be, need to be limited to three match series. The, I, I don't see the point in a five match series. Or you got, it got to a point where it was a bit ridiculous last year leading into the T20 World Cup. Uh, England played seven against Pakistan. Yes, they uh, did. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's a little bit excessive. Um, I think you could you can even you can sort of squeeze them in into a tighter time frame as well because if you think about it, a whole T Twenty game is about half a Test match in terms of overs, yeah. just under. Um, so I think what you can do is probably end up playing three in a four day space, um, and that will free up a lot more. Um, and you time. can play it at one venue as well. You don't have to travel. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. Yeah, so. I think that can um, open up the schedule a lot more uh, to fit in 
uh, more ODIs and test matches if, if you need to. Um, yeah, so Australia's tour of Sri Lanka, what was it, two years ago, I thought that was just about right. They had, they had three, uh, it started with three T20s, then five ODIs, ODIs, and then two tests. I think it should have been three tests, but it, it was two tests. Yeah, I think that's how tours should be. And then also, if you do it that way, then players can fly fly in and out. You know, um, yeah, players that aren't in the ODI squad can come back home after the T20s, and uh, the ones that are in the ODI ODI squad can stay on for the Test matches and, and such. I think that's the way it, it needs to be done. Um, so yeah, overall, that is what I, what I would do whilst the ODIs are going on. Um, I don't know. You probably, you could probably go back to finishing off the Marsh Cup um, whilst whilst the ODIs are going on. And I don't know if you've thought about this, but the season is it ending earlier than it used to these days? Like I feel like we're, we're done by the end of January. Whereas yeah, we're before... sort of done by the end of January. The international summer, yeah, yeah. I think it's finishing a lot earlier than it used to. Yeah. I remember in the oh, 2011-12-13 period, it started. It, it finished a lot later, like mm. January, February. Um, obviously, yeah, I mean, different, different back then. But, yeah, it is starting to finish a little bit earlier than usual, yeah. Usually by G January mid, early January, um, yeah, pretty much done, really. So instead of trying to squeeze everything into that December January period, the holiday period, maybe it can be spread out a bit more. Um, you could do finish that. A bit and finish a bit later. I mean, the summer pretty much goes on to yeah, even into early March. It's still the weather's pretty yeah. good. Good here. Hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, th those would be my thoughts. Um, I guess the main takeaway from that is I, th I think they need to limit T Twenty internationals and bring back the tri series. Yeah, um, I think they are doing that. Um, okay. I, I think Pakistan are playing one, I think, against, was it New Zealand or someone else? Um, I saw that in the Future Tours program. So it is coming back, the Tri-Series. Yep. But I do remember that Australia did play a Tri-Series. It was a T20 Tri-Series against Pakistan and Zimbabwe in 2018, which um, Australia won. Um, was, that, was that here? I don't remember. No, that was in Zimbabwe. That oh, in Zimbabwe, series. okay. Yeah. That T20 yeah. series, which they won against um, Pakistan in the final. Yeah. So they have done it for T20s before, but, yeah, the, it's just the international schedule. It's very hard to try and space everything out and, you know, I guess all countries are in the same boat. Um, in an ideal world, what you suggested, yeah, you could do that, but with cricket being so busy, it's so compacted. Uh, you can't really do that. So you have to try and squeeze everything in. Um, and you've got to do that at domestic level, but also international level as well. So it's very difficult to try and space everything out. Yeah. Um, but that just comes down to the ICC, international cricket, knowing that there's a problem. You're playing too much cricket. Yeah. And it's losing its value a bit. With some yeah. of the some of the formats, because um, there's just yeah. too much, you know, um, and people and people get probably tired of it as well. 
you know, international cricket, there's so many series on, mm. you know, where do you look? Um, same in the um, domestic summer as well. Okay. Yeah. We're playing Sheffield Shield, but then now we're playing one day Marsh, one day cup and all. Now we're playing big bash. Um, yeah. And, and other competitions as well. So yeah. Yeah, definitely Cricket Australia can have a look at it and say, okay, we can probably improve the schedule a bit. This summer, the schedule will start a little bit later because of the World Cup. So the first Test match won't be played until yeah. like the, nearly the end of December, um, oh, okay. which is a late yep. start. Yeah, yep. that's against Pakistan. That will be at Perth um, because of the World Cup starts in October, November. And then, you know, uh, everything gets pushed back. So that's why they're starting a bit later, the, the test summer. Um, so that's just the way it is in, in um, international cricket. So yeah, it's definitely changed over the years, the domestic structure, the domestic fixturing and how it's structured as a, as a whole. But, um, yeah, I've certainly noticed that over the years that it's, it's changed dramatically and it's, a lot different to what we used to in those sort of periods, 2010, 11, 12, 13. You would often have a, a test series and then you'll have um, five one-dayers against um, whoever's touring and then you'll have mm. some T20s at the end. I remember that um, back in those days. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely changed now. And and it sort of it gives a bit more context to the tour as a whole. When, for example, if England come to play the Ashes, then they play an ODI series after that, instead of just they, ha they haven't done that. They didn't do that last time. No. no so as a, as opposed to just random teams coming in and out yeah. during the course of the year. Yeah, that's uh, right. Um, yeah. So, I I would like to see that tri series coming back. Three three teams that are reasonably competitive. Um, I think they can play each other three times each. I think back in the day, uh, when the interest levels were really high, it used to be six games or five games or five times. Yes, yeah, so it used to be that, yeah. Yeah. So I think three is enough. Each team plays each other three times. Top two teams play a final series of three. Um, I'd really like to see that uh, come back. Um, and I, 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 used to feel that was part of the uh, the cricketing summer. Now it's sort of like you finish watching the test matches and then you, you get five T20 internationals. Um, or three, or you just yeah. get three ODIs. Yeah, or just, yeah, exactly. Just three ODIs, which I've forgotten about. I think with even with the ODIs, the reason for its decline is just not playing enough of them, um, I think. And yeah. it, it gets to a point where you start an ODI series and the players haven't played for like almost a year. Hmm. <laughs> and they're trying to figure out the pace of the game during the game. Yeah. Uh, which which never used to be the case. No, no. Um, never used to be the, the case. Uh, yeah. yeah it's just... I mean, I, I just really hope that, that, that it doesn't completely decline and then fall off the radar. Um, well, we'll they say in four years' time it could be not here altogether, according to the MCC. There, but um, yeah, that's that's just the way that the um, it is international cricket the way it's structured, the way cricket board structured tours. 
and yeah. summers and domestic calendars. But it can definitely be improved, that's for sure. Um, in an ideal world, absolutely. But at the moment, I think it's just going to be the status quo and you're just going to have the same thing every summer, I think. Um, but yeah. yes, uh, definitely. You could have a look at that. But I don't know, Jihan, if, they, if they're going to do that or not. Mm. Uh, because... Um, well, I mean, when you're when you're a young domestic player uh, that's coming up, do you aspire to be a great player for Australia or a great T Twenty player for Australia? Um, well, I think well, if you're good enough in T Twenty, then you'll go down the T Twenty route. It's like Tim David; he yeah. hasn't played any first class cricket. Yeah, and I don't think he will because he's mm. not suited to that. Uh, he's mainly played T20 cricket, played T20 cricket for Singapore and now for Australia and probably one-day cricket. So, yeah, but I think that's in all countries as well, domestically, is that you'll probably get a better chance on the domestic T20 circuit than you would international gig, really. And you become one of those T20 mercenaries. Mm. Uh, where you just tour the world and you just play in these leagues. And that's just the way it's going to go. So, yeah, I hope that's still the case for players domestically, that they still have aspirations to play for Australia in terms of test cricket. To play test cricket. Because that's the pinnacle. Mm. You know, T20 cricket's T20 cricket. One-day cricket is one-day cricket. But test cricket's the pinnacle. And if you do well in that format, people rate you highly. And uh, remember you because of your performances. Whereas in T20 cricket, they just remember one innings or really not much of your career, really. So, Well, you're never going to go down in history. Of, well, people won't remember you for being the greatest ever T20 international player who didn't play any of the other formats. Yeah. I mean, even, even if, if your statistics showed that, people won't remember who you were. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's right. Because it just doesn't have the same context. No, it doesn't. It doesn't have that historical reference point, as Test cricket does. Yep. Um, one day cricket does because you have World Cups, whereas yep. um, Test cricket, you have that history. T Twenty cricket, you don't, because it only came in in the early two thousands. There's not much history behind it. Yeah, really, to reference. So, it's still a new emerging format, really. Mm. Uh, even though it's been around for more than oh, since the early 2000s, so nearly 20 years. Um, it's still brand new, really. It's just becoming more and more dominant, as we know, in the world. And and that's the thing facing all countries around the world domestically, is that, yeah, domestic players will probably, um, probably choose that option of playing T20 cricket over their country, which is the case in some parts of the world, for various different reasons. So hopefully um, in Australia, that, yeah, that is not the case. Yeah, and for me, it's just too fickle a format. Like, you can't plan and um, find talent and build up a squad to dominate in T20 cricket and win no. win the World Cups. You just can't do that because anyone can win on their day. Yeah. That's the way how things are. Um, I don't understand, as Mike Cowd was saying, I don't understand why we're playing one every two years because that trophy is just going to keep continually changing hands. Yeah, um, that's right. It already yeah. has, you know. We we play <laughs> yeah. two World Cups back to back. Yeah, so it makes the whole thing pretty meaningless. 
Yeah. Um, I remember the what, what <laughs> I remember the 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 gap between the 2009 and the 2010 T20 World Cups was eight seven or eight months or something. <laughs> which is just like so we get to keep the the trophy for eight months great yeah that's, that's um yeah that, that was the thing they played in 2007 then 2009 2010 then 2012 then 2016 it was four years and then no sorry 2014 then 2016 then it was meant to be in 2020, but then shifted to 2021 in India. But then that wasn't played in India. That was played in the UAE. And then last year in Australia. Yep. And then obviously the next one's in a couple of years, um, 2024, which is only next year. So, yeah. Um, I don't I know. That's should be the four years. They've done it. They want to. Yeah, it should be. Um, obviously in women's cricket, I can understand why is it every two years because um, women's cricket, it's a different structure to the men's side of things. And I think the more cricket they play is, is good. Um, so I don't mind for that. It's in the men's side, you keep having these tournaments, then what's the point really in playing a World Cup, a T20 World Cup every two years where you're going to have a different winner and you've already played one, yeah. um, especially in this period. But I think that's just the way the ICC have planned it. They want to they have a, a World Cup of some sort or a tournament every year for the next four years, I think. Um, mm. I, I is... think uh, the way I'd do it is I'd have it every four years and then uh, have the World Cup every four years, but then have two year, a two-year uh, period between the T20 World Cup and the, and the 50-over World Cup. Um, I'd probably bring back the Champions Trophy as well, um, which could be played one of those years. Um, so you have sort of like a cycle going. So you have T20 World Cup, two years later, ODI World Cup, two years later, T20 World Cup sort of thing. And then what you can do with your sides and your squads is you can uh, gear towards building up for that World Cup. I think for ODI cricket, you do need... Well, it used to be the case in the old days. I'm not really sure about if you can say that the same thing now, but you, you, I reckon you do need about two to three years to build up that squad um, for for the World Cup. Um, so you know which who's going to be playing and also to sort of gel as a team and um, figure out your, your, way, your way of playing as a team. Um, Similar for T Twenty cricket, but I, th I don't think you need as long. So for T Twenty, probably you probably just need about six months to build that squad, yeah, and and figure out the way you're going to play. Um, so yeah, I mean that that's the way I would do it, but uh, obviously the ICC see things differently. Yeah, they they do. They've sort of digressed a little bit there <laughs> from domestic uh, cricket in Australia, but yeah, I suppose it ties in with everything that we've been talking about, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, but hopefully they, they do fix the problems, but I think it's a little bit too late. I think I think it's too late to fix the problems that we have now. Anyway, that's just the way World Cricket is. But, yeah, um, yeah. so hopefully domestic cricket in Australia continues to be strong because it has been strong in recent years and generations. Um, hopefully it will remain relevant and strong as Australian cricket progresses. Um in the years to come.
we finally reach our last topic of discussion, Jihan. It's been a bit of a marathon, as always. Uh, um, a long, a long session, no doubt. Um, let's talk about the future of cricket in Australia and how how we're going to see the game in the future in Australia. Really, um, what do you think, Jihan? Do you think? Cricket in Australia will remain strong going into the years to come. What are your thoughts on that? Mm, I think it should be. Um, it doesn't really seem to me like we've, that Australia are, or interest levels in Australia are declining. Um, I think Test cricket is still strong in terms of viewership and interest levels. Um, I think the big bash is key in trying to attract younger fans um, and younger people to cricket who ne may not necessarily have um, a background in cricket. So, you know, as much as I talk disparagingly about T20 cricket, I think it is an important element um, to furthering interest in keeping the game going at home um yeah so i think those would be my main thoughts i think it's still reasonably strong probably probably the interest levels aren't quite as they were 20 years ago um which is something i'd like it to get back to um but yeah i've put forward my thoughts on what they can do with the scheduling and um how to drive a little bit more of that interest going forward. Um, I'd like to see cricket um, acknowledged as the, um, uh, what would you say, the home sport? The, the national sport. The national sport, that's the term I was looking for. Yeah, as a national sport that every or most Australians would take pride in, um, in terms of performances. Um, at home and you know when they tour overseas as well um so yeah um that is what i'd say i don't think it's in in a complete decline at all yeah uh it's still in a pretty healthy place um people love their cricket still which is the main thing um people still play cricket at grassroots level for clubs and that um um so yeah so it's 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 in a good place it's still strong and it's still healthy and um, you, you can't say that about other parts of the cricketing world, sadly, mm. but um, here in Australia for the time being, it's in a pretty good state and uh, hopefully it remains the same in the years to come. Well, it seems an embedded part of the culture of this country. Yes. Um, which is good, and I'd love to see that continue, really, going forward. Yeah, absolutely. And Yeah, you know, it's still a part of the Australian psyche. Still part yeah. of the sporting culture. It's often referred to as the national sport, but may some may dispute that, uh, depending what other sports you follow. But yeah, it is the summer game, you know, played every summer, and and uh, it's still a part of um, of of the culture in, in Australia in terms of the sporting culture. And obviously, Australian cricket's had a rich history as mm. well, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. which course, people yeah. look upon and, and say, yeah, you know, we. We take pride in our in our cricket team. 
Well, I think I think in terms of international sports that Australia play, it probably is the sport that's followed the most closely. Would you say? Um, other rivals yeah. would be rugby union and soccer, maybe. Mm. Um, Aussie rules football is not an international sport. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's more of a domestic thing. No, it's more of a domestic yeah. thing here in Australia. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I would still say it's the it's the most closely followed sport um, uh, in terms of international sports here. Yeah, absolutely, it is. Um, yeah, we have other sports as well that people follow, but yeah, cricket's mainly the followed sport here in in Australia. Certainly in the summer months. Um, we also have basketball and soccer and other sports as well. Um, but, yeah, cricket's still popular. People still play it. People still watch it, enjoy it, um, as they do. Um, so we wait and see what the future holds. But no one really knows what the future is, really. Can't really predict that far in time. But uh, hopefully the game remains strong and prosperous. And hopefully we still enjoy cricket for years to come in, in Australia. Well, Jihan, thank you for joining me on this episode of the podcast today to talk about Australian cricket. It was great to hear your thoughts on Australian cricket and uh, hear your views on, on Australian cricket as well. Uh, it's been a, a bit of a long chat, um, so we may have to split it into parts for people to watch and listen. But um, I hope everyone still remained with us uh, listening to this episode today. But we would love to hear what you have to say on Australian cricket. So do let us know in the comments section of this episode on our YouTube channel. We would love to hear what you have to say on Australian cricket. If you're an Australian supporter, what are your views on the game in Australia? How, do you, how would you rate the team, et cetera, et cetera? So do let us know in the comments section. Um, below of this episode. Uh, Jihan, any final thoughts before we uh, pull up stumps for this episode? Uh, yeah, I think uh, firstly I'd like to thank you um, for inviting me on uh, to discuss all things Australian cricket. Um, it's been really enjoyable, um, particularly dissecting uh, Australia's Ashes performance. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've really enjoyed it and um, I'm really looking forward to the the upcoming transition that we're going to have in Australian cricket as well. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you for joining me, Jihan. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on. You're more than welcome to come back on the podcast. Thank you. And, um, thank you. Appreciate that. Well, no worries. Uh, it was good to, to have you on to, to help me talk about this topic of Australian cricket. Um, before we go, everyone, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're only three away from 700 subscribers. So uh, to put it into cricket terms, we only need three more runs to raise the bat for 700. So it's an easy thing to do. Just click the subscribe button and click the notification bell so you don't miss out on any episodes of the podcast we publish. Uh, we're also on Twitter. So follow us on Twitter and on Instagram. Give us a like on our Facebook page as well. And also the podcast is available on Anchor, Spotify, and on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. So make sure you do all those good things and support the channel. It really does help the podcast going forward. And um, once again, thank you, Jihan, for joining me. And thank you, everyone, for listening or watching this episode today. 
Until next time, keep safe and bye for now.